in this week's episode of Midlife AF, I talk to the wonderful Philippa Bellette um, of Chris and Philly Functional Medicine. Um, Philly has just written an amazing book about burnout, body burnout, as um, as they, Chris and Philly, have, to- have coined the, or trademarked, the particular description. And in this episode, we're talking about busyness, you know, this sort of busyness, people-pleasing, and alcohol, and that relationship between those things and burnout. I think you'll love this episode with Philly. She's an absolute gem. She knows so much. And we talk about the, the connection between, you know, trauma and beliefs and um, and why we do the things we do. So I highly encourage you to have a listen. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, being in her company. So over to myself and Philly. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. I lovingly acknowledge the Boonarung people of the Kulon Nation as the custodians of Kurt Barok. I share my admiration for the Aboriginal culture. I witness the connection that they have for each other and the land and their community. As I swim in the waters and walk on the land, I feel the power of this place. I'm grateful for the Aboriginal people's amazing custodianship, the power, beauty and the healing potential of this place. I wish to pay special respects to the elders of the Boonarong people, Their wisdom, guidance and support are exceptional and felt well beyond the Aboriginal community. I honour that this is Aboriginal land and that it has never been ceded. I am committed to listening to the Aboriginal community and learning how I can be an active ally in their journey to justice. (laughs) It's so lovely, lovely, lovely to have you here, Philly. I just introduced your book and I was just like, so Philly's book is called Ending Body Burnout, Find Your Spark. And it is a functional medicine guide for busy women with energy, mood and gut issues. And I was just like, that's, that's, that's just all my people. And, and you. <laughs> I think it's the majority of the people in, in the Western culture. Yes. <laughs> So I'm so delighted to have you on. You know my story. My audience knows my story that we are a family of neurodivergence and we have been struggling with things like burnout, chronic fatigue, POTS. There's all this stuff going on in my family. And so, and I'm very much in the process of kind of getting back to basics with my health after a bit of a burnout flare up before um, and during the sort of Christmas period. So this is a subject so dear to my heart. 
Um, so I'm going to hand over to the beautiful Billy to tell us about herself and her book and the connection between busyness, people pleasing and alcohol and burnout. And we'll sort of, you know, go from there and we might cover some other bits and pieces as we go through our podcast, which we're calling Metaphysical AF. Over to Billy. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, I'm Philippa Ballette. My husband and I run a holistic health practice called Chris and Philly Functional Medicine, and we're best known for ending body burnout in people who are busy running perfectionism, people pleasing patterns, and their body is telling them that. Generally, it shows up as energy, mood, gut issues, other type of inflammatory issues. And I got into this line of work uh, after I had my first baby my health really started breaking down and I developed like a whole heap of weird, I call it weird health issues because I went to the GP, all the tests look fine. I remember the GP just said, it's just what it is to be a mom. I'm like, but I have other mom's friends that are like not stuck in bed for days because of chronic pain and fatigue and gut issues and chemical sensitivities. Mm. This isn't normal. And so that led me on a journey to really looking at the deeper root causes as to why my body had burnt out. And it wasn't just to do with having a baby. That was a part of it. But even before kids, if we're going to go start talking about people-pleasing, perfectionism, busyness-type patterns, I started those patterns even as a kid and definitely in my high school years became that type A person that also wanted to get A pluses in everything, got all the lovely external validation um, when you do a good job and it just set up this pattern of overdoing, high achieving, but very fear-based. It was yeah. very fear-based for me. Totally get that. Mm. There's so much in the work, this work, particularly around alcohol, that's about fear you know fear is the reason why we drink and then we think that the solution to drinking is also fear-based programs and activities but actually the opposite is true it's so interesting yeah yeah so interesting so it's interesting to um because you asked me before we jumped on, it's like, would you be happy sharing your relationship with alcohol? And I said, it's kind of a boring one because I actually didn't drink. <laughs> I haven't actually drunk ever, but it all ties in with the reasons why people might start drinking. So for me, I grew up in a, um, a lovely, beautiful home. I had a very wonderful upbringing, but it was also... I created meanings around my Christian upbringing, so brought up as a Christian, um, where alcohol was forbidden. It's like, mm. thou shalt not drink alcohol. And mm. so anyway, this developed like some people-pleasing patterns. Um, I wanted to please my parents. I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, but then also there was a whole heap of pressure from friends as well that you're like, you're a weirdo. Why are you not drinking? And so... My whole nervous system, like as a young girl and as a teenager, was so wired and fired and stuck in a fight-flight response because I never felt like I could please, I never felt like I could fit in or I could please or be myself or show up in any environment, which then for me, my alcoholism was busyness mm. and like getting good grades and then later on getting stuck in 
like overdoing in business and work. Mm, mm. And I hear you. It's like I was saying to Philly before we got on, like I don't, I didn't just have one coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, overworking, perfectionism, uh, binge eating, binge dieting, um, not eating, um, <laughs> exercising to excess, uh, yeah. drinking. Uh, tell me what I yeah. didn't use. Tell me what I didn't. Probably gambling is probably one that I've, no, I've never had any interest in, but that's probably yeah. and porn. Yeah. But that's probably the only two that I haven't, you know, kind of dabbled in in order to regulate my nervous system. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely like a sugar, sugar yeah. addict for sure. Yeah. Um, Netflix. You know, there's yeah. so many ways that we not alcohol, but so many other ways that we suppress. Yeah. Suppress the pain that's below the surface. That's exactly right. That's exactly mm. right. And so your it sounds really interesting that whole because for, for a lot of my clients we have a good girl um profile and it's it's almost like as well and so i can really recognize because i also know other humans who don't drink because either they have the guardrails of religion or they have the guardrails of like having a parent who had had issues with alcohol previously mm. so that can often be a reason why people don't drink and equally, the good girl uh, profile within my clients can often be that they're being so good that, and, it, and words come around, you quite often, it's interesting listening to the words that people use, because there's often words like temptation mm. and like the devil on my shoulder and all those sort of like very sort of religious based kind mm. of um, emotive words that come out. And that's like, I needed somewhere to stop being perfect. I needed to be, it was so much pressure. There was so much constant trying. I needed a place to, I needed that, like, place to not be being all the things, to getting all the ticks on the scorecard every day, you know? Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, when I start, with, like, for myself and also, like, work we do with clients, and I'm sure you probably do something similar, maybe in a different modality, but every every behavior has a belief underneath so if there's dysfunctional behaviors showing up there must be a deeper unconscious core belief that is flaring that behavior mm. and so for me there was a really deep belief so yes i had all this stuff that was happening around me but a really big deep belief that i was weak and incapable somehow and so and so even um, like with the busyness, perfectionism, well, yeah, if every Sunday my body believed that I was incapable, then of course I'm going to have to work really hard to try and prevent people from seeing my true identity. Um, because if they really saw how weak and incapable I was, then I'm going to get rejected. And it's kind of the same, I'm sure, with people using alcohol as well that there's there would be some sort of deeper belief that hundred not lovable yeah or yeah broken somehow damaged absolutely absolutely and society endorses that particularly with alcohol because if we believe that we're to blame for our coping mechanism that it's a fault in you know that we are a not normal we're a bad person mm. we're you know then 
you know, that kind of plays into that underlying belief that we're broken or faulty or unacceptable or any of the other beliefs that people have about themselves um, very, very nicely for whoever needs it to, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's that underlying belief pieces. It's funny enough, I was talking to my group last night about, we were talking about, feelings of resentment mm. and we were going into individual situations and talking about the belief that sits underneath those individual situations so the reaction the trigger the sort of the friction in the body you know where's that coming from and what is it the belief that we're making about ourselves that relates to what say for example a partner or a child is doing that's mm. causing us to have this big reaction it's always about the beliefs you know yeah yeah and it's really good because when you can become aware of that then then you can actually it's almost like the the scary monster under the bed is it actually real mm. <laughs> like as a kid we think that it's real these beliefs these stories that we've made up out about ourselves which usually was created before the age of seven is that monster really real and then when you actually start doing this work, although I don't know if you found this with your clients, but I know a lot of ours are like, too scary, let's not go there. Yeah. Um, but when you actually start like just diving into it with courage and kindness, you realise that, oh my gosh, everything that I thought about myself is just fiction. Like it's really just a story. Is it going to be a helpful story or is it taking me away from what I want? And mm. yeah, I can see the monster under the bed, but it's not real. And so therefore, mm. when, when you are starting to do the reprogramming work with the beliefs, it's really mm. cool when you can start kind of zooming out. It's like, why did I get triggered? If yeah. it's not about them, but it's actually about me, what do I believe about myself in that situation? Oh, it's coming back to that flame and dysfunctional belief again, but I'm not believing that anymore. And then it just like dissolves any kind of tension, guilt, shame, because you see it's just, your unconscious state having a little bit of a fight flight response to a belief that's not real. 100%. It's so true and so transformational and also so scary for people because it's vulnerable, right? Mm. That's the thing we find so scary yeah. is to be vulnerable with other people, to show our soft underbelly, I like to refer to it as. Yeah. And that's scary in a world where we've been most of us are caught in fight or flight and we think you know at the end of the day we're, we're in defense the whole time mm -hmm. yeah mm. yeah mm. so talk to me really about knowing that we have so many humans experiencing burnout at the moment and you know needing to use coping mechanisms to or feeling like for a long time we've needed to use coping mechanisms to help us manage what's happening in our world what our, our experience of existing tell me from your perspective what is i know you have your own is it body burnout that's the word the expression that you and chris have sort of coined yeah. would you be kind enough to explain what that is yeah so we so yeah we a lot of people use the term burnout and we know that that's kind of like you've been going too hard for too long burning the candles at both ends and now you're kind of like done mm -hmm. exhausted brains a bit gone um 
body burnout. So in our functional medicine practice, for those who haven't heard of functional medicine, it's it's natural therapies, um, but it's kind of going beyond just standard naturopathy, nutritional type uh, healing the body. So in functional medicine, we use scientific lab testing that actually looks at different areas of our body that go beyond what GPs, medical specialists mm -hmm. test for. So we're looking at adrenals mm -hmm. and your stress hormones, which is a real th thing. It's crazy when, like, I've had a lot of clients or, like, I asked my doctor to test my adrenals and they're like, it's not a real yeah. thing. It's like it's an organ <laughs> producing stress hormones. Yeah, you hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah. Um, also looking at neurotransmitters, looking at gut health, detoxification, heavy metals mm -hmm. stuck in the body. And so that's basically functional medicine is using lab testing to actually look what's happening inside the body that's affecting your symptoms mm -hmm. and also can affect the way that you're thinking and feeling. Um, so that's how that's why we coined it body burnout because we work with people where yes they've been burning the candle at both ends for too long but they're not kind of just at the point where they just need a holiday some people are burnt out they go on a holiday for two weeks a month and they come back all like oh i'm ready to get back into yeah. it they're usually the people that end up burning out yeah. and holidaying and burning out yeah um but we are like a lot of clients that come to us uh, at the point where their body systems mm. are so burnt out mm. that a holiday or a good night's sleep doesn't cut it. No. They're still struggling with chronic fatigue. Yeah. They're anxious, depressed um, or irritable. Mm. A lot of people are showing up with gut issues at this point too mm. because you can only be in a fight-flight response for so long before your gut stops functioning exactly. properly. Um, hormonal issues like perimenopausal type stuff. Mm. Menopausal symptoms don't have to happen. You can just stop bleeding and not have a period and you're in menopause. Mm. So a lot of people feel like you need hot, like it's just normal to have hot flushes yeah. and yeah. mood imbalances when you're going into menopause, but it's just a sign that the body systems have burnt mm. out. So that's okay. why we coined it body burnout. So we're really yeah. looking at these people who are running these busy patterns, people pleasing perfectionism, mm -hmm. and now their body systems mm -hmm. have kind of carved it, mm -hmm. which is actually a beautiful thing because our unconscious state talks to us through pain. And the pain in the body is the best way to grab our attention to actually do something about the deeper root cause. And that feels so aligned to me because when I talk, when my clients talk to me about cravings, it's a similar thing to me. Craving is just your body saying, "I'm in discomfort." Yeah, now. I'm in discomfort yeah. now. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And when you can start looking at that, so rather than hating on whether it's like a physical symptom or a craving or a thought pattern or a behavioural pattern, rather than hating on it, getting frustrated, confused by it, it's just like it's just your unconscious trying to talk to you. And we have this amazing complex self, which yeah. also includes the physical body, yeah. as a way to, to help us return back to who we actually are. Yeah. And we're all perfect. Like, we're all perfect yeah. and pure potential. There's nothing wrong with us. 
that's the beginning of all my it's like at our essence we are just these amazing human beings who are put on the earth and then all of this stuff came in and told us we were bad or we were wrong or we made these interpretations of it and that kind of creates the situation that we find ourselves in but at our core we are everything magnificent extraordinary the fact that we breathe the fact that there was oh there's a i'm totally gonna fudge this <laughs> but it's like a one in a trillion billion chance that you are you are who you are on this planet right now which in in a way we're all miracles yeah. and so therefore like when we can when we can clear all the baggage from the past and these beliefs and you know reset our body systems it's it's kind of like we're just we're pure potential <laughs> that's exactly right and it's like wow you know there's a and yet the, the sad thing is we spend most of our lives trying to be like everybody else yes yeah and that's the whole like oh i want to drink like normal people it's like well who just decided that was normal and why do we want to be that anyway that's yes actually that's really interesting because it, like my story around drinking was i'm so mm. abnormal because i yeah. don't drink i'm so weird no one's gonna like me they oh my gosh i kind of like have to pretend that i'm i don't know <laughs> not who i am i don't yeah. even know who i am and so yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the alcohol drinking culture is actually kind of turning around that actually it's kind of normal not to drink. It's turning around, but there's, it's being held on to, you know, people are holding on to it very mm. tightly. Mm. And I still even find it when I'm in, I find it even in, um, you know, groups of entrepreneurs, there's a, there's a fear of turning off your audience by talking mm. about alcohol mm. because there's this perpetual we, we all we, nobody wants to question their drinking yeah because there's this belief that it's an innocuous substance and it's just really not um mm. but that, that's that you know the powers that be need it to be mm. seen as an innocuous substance um because that keeps everybody thinking that it's just those weird people over there who have a problem with it rather than every human yeah 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 it's so interesting <laughs> so tell us really about um we were talking earlier about you know things that you can do as a person who might be deciding to stop drinking from a you know and we we Often I find people stop drinking and they become very, very tired and they're very surprised that they're very, very tired. Um, mm. But generally because a lot of my clients use alcohol to push through. So you come home at the end of the day, you're absolutely freaking exhausted. You should be having a sit down and a bit of a rest, but you don't feel like you can. And so you keep pushing on through, you get the school things done, the school kids are annoying you. Nobody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and your nervous system's going, this means I'm a terrible parent. And I've not had a break, and so I'm completely overwhelmed. And like, and I'm talking about this as myself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you drink because that enables you to kind of distance yourself a little bit from what's happening, and kind of like suppress your experience of what's actually happening, so you can keep going. And of course, when you then stop, you've been pushing 
nervous system mm. you've been ignoring your nervous system you've been ignoring and pushing down what's actually your experience of life for a significant amount of time for me it was over 20 years mm. what would you in your wisdom and your huge amount of training and expertise in this area what would you recommend what would you advise where would be the areas that you would advise people to look at rather than just going straight back to drinking because you were expecting to feel like a vibrant gazelle coming out of the <laughs> of the deep dark forest into the light and you find that that's yeah. not the case yeah yeah, I, I, so I always think about like in our practice, metaphysical and the physical mm. are very closely, I mean, they are connected. Correct. And so from a physical point of view, um, it's because uh, it can be really hard. So, I mean, we work with people who have all sorts of addictions, whether it's alcohol, a lot of the times it's food, sometimes it might be even like recreational drugs or over exercising. Um, and, and so if there's any physical imbalances in the body, now I don't believe that the physical imbalances are the direct or the root cause, but it can make it really hard to get out of a stuck cycle. If, for example, you have really low dopamine mm. levels that have depleted and stress is the number one reason why those dopamine levels deplete. So it might not be have been where it started, but over time it can get lower and lower and lower. Same with your vitamin Bs are really important for um, having like control and having like that that calm in your nervous system. So if those are really depleted, then it can be quite hard to crawl out of the hole. So so it's almost like I think think about the physical imbalances as a bit of a life raft. If if, for example, you do a wee test and it's like your dopamine levels are really low, there's some really beautiful nutrients and supplements that you can use to help support that physical part of yourself mm -hmm. so that any deeper root causes that you need to change as well as behavioural changes to get healthy and happy, it becomes easier. Yeah. Um, if only you did a supplement and a test but not worked on deeper metaphysical root causes, then it ends up being a Band-Aid and at some point it unravels because you can't outsup the root cause. But it's a really beautiful way that if you're feeling really stuck and overwhelmed, it's just, it's almost like it takes the, it helps you to have more control, mm. more calm, so that you can actually, rather than like going for the alcohol or whether it's yeah. sugar or whatever that addictive substance is, that you're actually able to kind of zoom out and say, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Mm. Um, is there something else I can do? And also the reason why someone gets regulated or dysregulated throughout the day becomes kind of less as well. Mm. So from a physical point of view, I'd be thinking about physical imbalances sometimes mm. people can have a really mad candida or fungal mm. overgrowth in their gut as well and it loves it thrives on alcohol yeah, and right. sugar and like processed carbohydrates mm. and the thing about the gut brain connection is that the bugs in the gut are constantly sending messages up to our brain and mm. candida is really interesting because um I liken it to there's these ants in the Amazon forest and these fungi. They probably live in other areas of the, the world. But anyway, there's these special mushrooms that grow 
and then they burst at some point and all the mycotoxins from the mushrooms burst when there's a colony of ants around them and the mushroom mycotoxins actually get inside the brain of the ant so it actually seeps into the ant's body and it controls the ant to go back to the nest where the mother ant is the queen ant and then the mushroom grows out of the ant and then it kills all these it like infects all these ants they're called zombie ants or zombie yeah. mushrooms oh wow and I, kind of, I kind of think okay it's not as extreme but candida in our like if it's overgrown in our system yeah. it's kind of like that yeah because just the way that those mushrooms were controlling the brain of the ants mm. the can candida can have an effect mm. like that and i've seen people where they have got really stuck in an addiction. Mm. Um, thinking about one lady, hers was more sugar food. But when we start clearing that, it's like all of a sudden this this cloud starts yep. lifting from the brain. Okay. It's like, I have more control now. Okay, mm. all right. I have more control of that, so I'm getting out of the stuckness. Mm. Now what do I need to do to actually address the deeper reasons as to why I need sugar or alcohol or whatever it is in the first place? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like from the physical side and there are things that that you can start doing as well that you don't need say a practitioner or lab testing or supplements mm. just by so if someone has say it's alcohol that is the thing that they're going to and there's a candida infection then what are some things that might be easier easier quick changes mm. like maybe maybe you're not ripping out the wine at night yet but maybe you can change your cookies and cakes to like a really nice dark 90% linked chocolate that when you start reducing that sugar carbohydrate load, then that can, like the candida levels can actually start coming back down. Um, and then on the metaphysical side of things, I would always dive into beliefs first, first and foremost, yeah. because they're the machine that drives everything. Mm. so helpful so <laughs> interesting as well especially talking about dopamine I've, i'm obsessed with dopamine at the moment it's such an interesting neurotransmitter and hormone i'm like this is for me as a adhd human with two adhd autistic children it's uh it's a very interesting one and yeah um, yeah yeah it's, uh, how can you uh, get your dopamine hits in a like healthy way <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 Um, is there anything else, Philly, that you would like to cover or talk about that you think might be really useful for my audience? You know, I've kind of talked to you about who the people mm. that follow me and listen to my podcast are. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to think would be useful? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. I think trauma is a big mm. one, which is often really closely connected to these dysfunctional unconscious core beliefs. Mm. So we create unkind beliefs about ourselves in experiences that we're distressing. So a little mm. child will, you know, if something distressing happens to a child, they're always asking what just happened and what does it mean about me? And generally what does it mean about me? They'll personalise it as something not nice. Mm. It's like there's something wrong with me because kids are egocentric and that's just how they're developing. And so 
trauma is really interesting because a lot of people and i'm pretty sure your audience because i'm sure you talk about this a lot now um or over the past a lot of people think that trauma are kind of like the big events mm. it's the the wars domestic violence rape which mm. definitely can dysregulate the nervous system and keep someone stuck in the fight flight response but it's also the small things as well and i think that that was a missing piece in my own health journey because i'm like i've had no trauma mm. i had a lovely upbringing mm. i was very loved and cared for and la di da di da but when i actually started learning about beliefs first and then oh my gosh yeah i did experience trauma like my body is still holding on to traumatic events and it was like, like there were simple things that i you know for example i was standing on a stage i think i was seven or eight memorized a little talk i was so proud of myself i'm like yes i'm going to be able to stand up on this mm. stage and memorize it and my parents are going to be so proud mm. of me people pleasing <laughs> um and then i got off the microphone and i couldn't remember anything at all i went bright red burst out crying in front of a hundred people and then had to stand on this stage where every other little child got up and perfectly oh. did their talks oh you poor baby I I know, but you know, like we don't think about that as trauma, mm. but it was because my body was, wasn't able to process it back then. And no one really talked to me about it besides it's okay. Don't cry. Don't cry is a big one. Don't oh. cry. You're okay. fine. It's okay. It doesn't matter that you don't forgot. Don't It's like, <laughs> it's like your experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so as a little girl, you know, and I'm sure we've all had hum humiliation is like the lowest mm. um, energetic emotion mm. we can ever experience. Mm. It's lower than guilt, shame and anger. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that every person on this planet at some point as a little kid has felt deeply humiliated. Mm. That may still be stuck in your system. Mm. Mm, 100%. It's really interesting that you say that because I was talking about exactly that experience of standing up and wanting to be able to share my magic with the world and not being able to because it's just my nervous system went into i want this too much mm. i want this too much and i've got into complete dysregulation i can't get my words out i can't breathe i can't and i i was stuck that for 20 yeah. years it was only yeah. once I started doing the work on my nervous system, and I was writing about this this morning, so it's so interesting. It was a I was actually an adult when it happened. Yeah, but it was it, it you talking about it today. It's like feels like synchronicity that I was writing about it this morning, and just like wow, that was a big. I I didn't realize at the time it was because my nervous system was dysregulated because of my belief yeah. that I had to. I I. I needed to share this information with the world because that would mean that people would believe me and see my amazingness you know because i came from that core belief that i wasn't good enough that i was yes you know, it's so it, fascinating it's so interesting and it's so interesting how it can continue to show off until you actually start doing work on it so I, that was my experience for seven years old there were countless times after that where talking out loud even in like social groups definitely public speaking 
even as a fourth year university student, I was put on the spot once in a tutorial, my poem. So I'd written this beautiful poet poem, which was, I would say remarkable, but it was very, um, I appropriated the Aboriginal community mm. and I didn't know. I had mm. no idea. Mm. I thought I was actually doing something that was helpful. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I was kind of getting blasted by mm. students like, you can't write about that. You can't write mm. from an Aboriginal mm. first person view. And I'm like, and I just went into this complete freeze mode and my tutor, who was lovely, but she asked a question about it. I don't know. I felt like it was five minutes of silence, but I literally could not open yeah. my mouth to talk. Aww. And that's kind of how like trauma patterns from the past can continue showing up as opposed to if I hadn't had that experience back in the past, probably wouldn't have been a nice experience in a group of people, but no. I would just from it. I would have been like, fire out. I had no idea. Now I do. Thanks guys. I'm going to rip up this poem mm. right now and I'm going to do something different. Mm. <laughs> but my system was just, mm. yeah. That's such a good example. I love that because it isn't, it's not big, it's not, well, yes, as you say, it can be big things, but it's also not. Mm. It's also just, you know, not being picked up when you needed to be or yeah. you know, it can be anything. Yeah. Beautiful. And I know you've just launched your program, haven't you? Well, yeah. yeah so, well, well, it's so our Ending Body Burnout Method program. Um, we have been running that for about 18 months, but our doors just closed last mm -hmm. night. Um, but I do have my book. Uh, we mentioned yes. it earlier. If anyone wanted to read a little bit more about yeah. what we have been talking about, um, you can grab my book off my website or Amazon yeah. or there's some bookstores that stock it. Yep. Yes. And would you repeat the name of it again? Because I will not be able to yep. do it. Ending Body Burnout. Yep. Find your spark. And then it's about a functional medicine guide for busy women with energy, mood and gut issues. I just, it just sounds so perfect. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and out of interest, Billy, is it useful for children as well? Um, for children to read it, no, for adults, or for a parent to read it, yeah, for children. Like, yeah. Was the things that you applied to, would you say it was similar or not? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I wrote the book. We work with men and women. I wrote the book specifically for yeah. women because there's a lot of my story yeah. in it. Um, but men can definitely read it. They might just want to skip the parts about vaginas, yeah. a vaginal health, which is only a very small part of the book. <laughs> But I think from a parent point of view in terms of kids, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. So it, it's broken up into four parts. So the first mm. part is all about the body mm. systems, which mm. which applies to everybody because yeah. there's only so many way the body, ways the body systems yeah. can burn out. The second part is the mind, mm. which is phenomenal for parents to mm. be able to do the work for themselves mm. because then you become your own you, you become your coach and healer for your child so that you can unravel any programming that they've created already yeah. while they're still young and still a sponge. Mm. That will set them up for, like, an amazing upbringing. Mm. 
Um, the third section is about the body. So how can we sleep, move and eat in a way that supports the healing of our body? So again, totally applicable to the whole fam. Amazing. And the last one is the environment. So how can we set up yeah. our environment for healing? And that's looking at both like kind of chemicals, toxins in the environment, but also mm. having a happy, thriving home where you're putting your own oxygen mask on first so you become the leader for your kids yeah I love that so much it's such an important thing isn't it and I think I was talking earlier with Billy and just saying you know it, it, with alcohol and I you know I hear most of the coaches that I respect and trained you know it really is very very difficult for us to remove that as a coping mechanism if we're unable to if we can't yet be ready to matter you know we have to matter and we have to matter not as much not alongside everybody else we actually have to matter more yeah absolutely absolutely you kind of need to be number one because if you're not to matter more it's really hard to be there for others yeah yeah. and that's it and it's almost like a pay it forward thing isn't it you you show your kids how they get to treat themselves Mm -hmm. yeah such an important lesson yeah yeah well i am so grateful you came on and spoke to me and i know that you and i will be speaking later on today i cannot wait to read your book it is going to be a manual on the coffee table in our house as a bunch of humans who struggle with everything that you've spoken about (laughs) um i can't wait and i thank you so much for bringing your genius to the world and for doing the work on yourself that you've done to enable us all to take part, to learn from your wonderful magic. So thank you so much, Philly. Thank you for coming on and thank you for this work. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. you. I feel like we're kindred spirits and I'm excited to talk to you on our podcast later today. (laughs) Oh, right. It's like Emma and Philly. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, my goodness, guys. I wanted to just quickly interrupt and just let you guys know that I've got my five-day virtual retreat running this February the 19th of February to the 23rd. I think it's 23rd, yeah. 7 p.m. every evening, Melbourne, Sydney time on Zoom. It is going to be phenomenal. I ran it for the first time as a five-day program before Christmas in the lead-up to um my great Aussie alcohol experiment in it was in September um and it was an absolute corker everyone loved it totally new material really really focused on my particular way of coaching which is sort of a a mixture of all the different things I've learned from being a counselor and psychotherapist to working with Gabriel Marte to working with Annie Grace to working with uh, Jolene Park on grey area drinking so this naked mind as well um, and you know all the other different teachers that I've had over the years and I've amalgamated to come up with what I believe the absolute essential to changing your relationship with alcohol is um, it's quite different from what a lot of people talk about it's not about pushing it's not about restricting it's not about working really hard it's about loving, it's about leaning in, it's about challenging everything that you learn to believe is what changing a relationship with alcohol is about. 
is about changing all of your beliefs around alcohol so that you no longer feel that alcohol is something you need in order to celebrate um to commiserate to relax um it's real so it's changing your liminal thinking it's learning how to be with ourselves and our bodies in our distress and there's really practical examples of that i'll have workbooks that you can download i'll have audio files that you can listen to in your own time so we'll go through we'll do some inner child work it's going to be really interactive it's going to basically teach you all of the different things that i use to stop drinking and i work with on, with my clients on a daily basis it's a really intense great five days it will be an hour session each time and there will be um like i said there'll be workbooks and there'll be tools and things that you can use um for setting yourself up for success with wherever you want to be with your relationship with alcohol um it's really really different what i teach i have developed my own method from all of the different um teachers that i've had um and it's very very successful and it's also really really, really good fun to do um and I was talking recently to some of my clients and we were talking about what are the amazing things about living a life that you're not controlled by alcohol where you can just take or leave alcohol and that's exactly what I'm going to be teaching over this five days and and, and the things that we talked about were silly little things it's things like you know being able to go and pick up your kid from their meth shift at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night um waking up in the morning and not being an arsehole to yourself um What's another one I came what one of my clients said to me this evening? Oh, getting up in the morning on Saturday morning and driving to Park Run and not having to worry if you were over the limits. Um, and then one of another one that was coming up for us was um things like going to the cinema and just the amount of bandwidth that gets taken up by drinking, you know. So we were talking in our group about drinking and how you know if you drank at the cinema which used to well, I used to really enjoy and I even drank at things like um I would have a, a nice bottle of um busy wine when the when the kids went to see the greatest showman um and I remember one time being mortified because I was watching something quite serious with my mum and I'd had one of those little piccolos of champagne it wasn't enough to get me to the movie I had to get up and get another one and we were talking about how you know once then when you're drinking and you're out you've got to then plan your sort of how how do I get there and get home without driving because you're having to get ubers and and then and just and then just the amount of brain space that gets taken up by alcohol and just talking about how you know this isn't what we were put on this life on this earth to be about we weren't put on this earth to have be mean to ourselves every day to not be able to be proud of that ourselves and capable enough to pick our children up when they need picking up we weren't put on this earth to regret our behavior we weren't put on this earth to have our brains filled with different ways that we can get to uh to do things that involve alcohol as opposed to just like living our lives <laughs> so if any of you if that resonates with any of you if that's something you would like i highly recommend it's 50 bucks it's 47 bucks um, and it's a really, really great program. And I think if you are going to change your relationship with alcohol, you have to start by investing in something to help you. So a community to program. And then you also have to invest in yourself. You have to invest some time. You're like, I want to change this. It's causing me problems. I'm not enjoying it. It's not making me happy. It's making me sad. I'm going to do something about it. And then you've got to put in, you know, an hour a day for five days. And, you know, 
bloody show up and do the work and 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 you will be amazed at the transformation and you'll be there soon you know picking your kids up from the gym at nine o'clock on a saturday night like my clients do <laughs> going to the cinema and rejoicing in the fact that you don't have to drink and realizing that you don't need alcohol to um enjoy yourself and you know, that you can actually literally just take it or leave alcohol. And most of the time you will choose to leave it because it's absolutely nothing to offer you. So if you want to live that kind of free life, I encourage you highly to join my Five Taste of Freedom virtual retreat. I'll see you there. 19th of Feb, 7pm. And the link to join, which I highly advise you to do, is in the show notes. All right, my darlings, take care. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.